Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm sitting here with Ginger Bowhunter. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Man. Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Got got the uh, Big Buck Slayer, Turkey Slayer, Mr. Zach Eccles over here. Last time y'all heard him, he killed just the like, biggest buck ever out of yeah, our whole friend group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's all a shame. <laughs> no bragging here, though. It, it was the day we tripled. Yeah, boy. Well, Zach, how are you doing over there? <laughs> asked, Wonderful. That's the right when he was taking a yeah. sip of his uh, so bush light. So, uh, Zach, you've had some luck so far this season? Yep. In the turkey woods? I have. Well, we Surprisingly. Zach, glad you were able to join us on the podcast. So, like you said, last time Zach was on the podcast, we killed a big old buck, tripled up. Great day. Great episode. That was a hilarious episode, by the way. <laughs> I go back and listen to that because Muzzy was on this episode and it was wild. That was a, that was a uh, Actually, I think that, that was one of the ones that was really long. That might have been like a two and a half hour, yeah, three it, hour it podcast. Because mm-hmm. I remember we were sitting here and like we started with a cooler full of beer. And by the end of it, because I think one of us was sitting on a cooler, like there was, I don't think there was anything left. And we were just like, oh, guys, well, the recorders is still rolling. All right. <laughs> so anyways, but uh, Zach, so you just killed, killed a, a turkey that we're going to talk about a little bit on this. And I want to do an episode, kind of talk about uh, some of the different failures when it comes to turkey hunting. And kind of, we can all bring it back down to reality. Because I think the thing is, a lot of people hear a lot of these turkey podcasts, whether it's from us or other, you know, other shows. And you hear like some really successful hunters and like, man, we're going out there. You know, they're talking all these tips and tactics and you go out there and it doesn't work. And yeah. you're like, well, what the hell? 
You're sitting over here, you're texting, you're, you're messaging us like, man, what Andrew said was a lie. This doesn't work. <laughs> he saw <laughs> or like, oh man, whatever guess. Like, man, I use it all, it didn't work. And that happens. And that's why I want to kind of talk about, you know, from like a little bit more of the failure aspect. Like killing a turkey, there are I said there's different levels of turkey hunting. Like there's some guys that are just super, super successful and like consistent. And other guys that just kill, you know, they, they have like their good ears and their off ears. Like it, it just happens with people. Um and it's amazing when you find those guys that are extremely consistent. But the one thing it seems like some of these guys talk about, but doesn't really bring it to reality is the aspect of there is a ton of failure that happens. And a lot of these guys are extremely successful. A lot of times they have quite a bit of time to spend in the woods, hanging with these turkeys and get in the right situation at the right time and use the right calling sequence of the setup to make it, you know, make it happen. And for the average guy, you're just, hunt, you know, you're hunting weekends, whatever, might hunt a Saturday, maybe a, maybe a Sunday morning before church or whatever. There's only so much you have opportunities. Like you can't necessarily wait for the, the best day to go and kill a turkey. Which I know, Zach, we were just talking about earlier. To, was it today or yesterday? It was pretty rough. It was yesterday. Yesterday. Y- yesterday yeah. and, and I thought everybody that was, yeah, I was. I almost drove to Jacob's house I was and pl- broke in and, and choked him to death. Yeah. So <laughs> I have all, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Anyways, God. It, it was, it was, yeah. It was, I was like, be at the gate at 4 15. I roll up at 4 15 and there's a Honda Civic there because it's not Jacob. And I was just like, I called him like seven times. I'm like, you son of a. Some, yeah. Look, Okay, I'll say right. Lauren went up at, at three o'clock. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, okay. I, He's I, like, well, I need my beauty. Sleep. No, I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I can you know, sleep for like 15, 20 minutes. Stop putting snooze. Stop putting snooze. Next thing I know, wake I, up. It's broad I, daylight. There's <laughs> <laughs> like light coming through like the window, and I'm like, oh my. Uh, and then I roll over. I look, and I see Adrian call me like seven times. It's like, dude, never like. Dude, I'm a deep, deep sleep, deep sleeper here. And uh, yeah. Anyways, long story short, just rode out there, and like there's cars parked everywhere. So I was like. Drove around. Oh, like, my, oh my God. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so pissed off. But okay, let's bring it back. Bring it back to again, fa- failure. Perfect example. Failure. We've had plenty of that. I was I was I was a great failing moment for me personally, right? <laughs> here. Um, but again, like yes, you said yesterday was tough. And we actually went out and we were training some dog or training uh yeah, yesterday, yesterday afternoon we trained dogs. Uh, and it was just super, super windy, and I was warning that like how guys because it was windy as hell that morning, too. Yeah. So like that was one of those things I heard a lot of guys, oh man, they're probably gonna be God, man, this front's coming in, cold front's coming in, you know, uh, you know, pressure should be rising, all this kind of stuff. But I from everybody I talked to, it was like, oh man, it was quiet. Couldn't hear anything. Gobblers weren't talking, super high winds. So I mean, kind of what were y'all going into thinking about it? Because I want to talk about some of these failure aspects to kind of bring some re- reality to listeners on what turkey hunting can be like. Well, I mean, like we were really hopeful. We were hoping it was gonna be a really good morning, but I kind of had my doubts because of of the temperature and everything, which I've, I don't know if there's really a correlation there, but I know on cold mornings, it's always slower for me, but it was cold, windy. It, I mean, the wind didn't pick up till later, but I knew like we went out there and it was silent. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the whippoorwills, but so that was kind of my first, you know, clue we're, we're going to have to do some walking or something. So we walk all the way down to the river and nothing. And I, I didn't call at all because I'm trying to get better about that because I grew up learning from my uncle. And that was the first thing he did. He'd get out of the car and start yelping. Yeah. And I was like, but he killed turkey. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't I didn't know anything. And I started learning and listening and you just mimic changing my teaching. ways. Yeah. You, yeah. Mim- you mim- Everybody starts but, out like you mimic, especially if you have a mentor, you mimic what they do. Yeah. And at some point you figure out if you had that mentor, like, okay, might work for me, might not. And you kind of start to build your own way, but that's what he did. And he had success. My uncle's the same way. Like the one, like Anthony, same way. I mean, called pretty aggressive all the time. Most of the time, not all the time, but a couple of times I've hunted with him back when I was younger. And it was just like, it never, you know, I try to impl- implement that and just never works. So yeah, pretty much same thing for me, dude. I walked in and when it got to be like, I don't know, six fifty. Like it was, it was light out, and I was sitting there. I still hadn't heard anything. I was like, "Yep, <laughs> gonna yelp." It's gonna be one of those mornings. And then it's like my patience level continuously like drops. And by like seven fifteen, I'm like, "Hey, see, it was funny because we just did the episode a couple weeks ago about you know kind of success that you had, and it was one of those things that like you know that patience being a factor, but it's hard to be patient. This is the thing: it's hard to be patient. You hear some of these guys like, "Oh man, patience is key." It's hard to be patient when turkeys aren't talking. It is. Oh, yeah. Because you start getting that in the back of your mind, like, it's getting late. 
they're looking for hens, they're going to find hens. Oh, for sure. I've got to do something other than sit here and deer hunt for turkeys. But mm-hmm. some mornings there's nothing you can do but that. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was on this ridge and I was walking around and there was a scratch from like the afternoon before, like super fresh scratch. And there was little turkey craps all over the place. And uh, still, I mean, just like nothing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I, I got pretty loud eventually, but I still, I sat there and. You know, I was quiet. I was calling down into different areas. I was in like their strategic spot and dude, nothing just, you know, they just don't show up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. it's like you're just sitting there and you're like, man. Until you give up and go grab your fishing poles and then there's, and then there's two standing two there. Two toms <laughs> right by the pond. Yep. Yeah. That, that happens. <laughs> and again, just talking about some of these failures, not, not to say failures, but like these tough situations that like it's hard to overcome when it comes to like talking about patience. Like again, you hear so many guys talk about patience. Andrew was talking about patience again a couple weeks ago. I don't think some of the birds you hunt, you know, let them respond and shut up. Again, it's hard to do when they're not talking. But one guy that we actually interviewed in the past, and I want to bring this episode up, it's episode 246, and it's called The Art of Hunting the Tough Birds with Jared Smith. Jared Smith is a local hunter in central Alabama who kills a ton of birds every single year. Pretty much, I'm not from, I can't remember the last time he didn't tag out. I'm sure he it had been, you know, maybe not that long ago, but again, last few years he's tagged out every single time. And his thing is gobbler or not, he goes in and he's successful going to areas that he just knows turkeys are at based off his scouting. And that just comes down to a ton of scouting, knowing where birds like to roost at when they are hot and kind of understanding where those locations are at and then going in there and literally sticking with them all day. Gobbler or not, he's going to stick with them. And uh, it, it's definitely up to, you know, if you're right now in like some of these different states and maybe it is kind of slow for you, again, I highly recommend go back and listen to episode uh, 246 with Jared Smith. But again, it's just, it's kind of bringing it back down to reality that like not every day of turkey hunting is the day that like everybody dreams of and sees on Instagram and sees on YouTube of, you know, go, you know, turkeys gobbling their heads off on the roost. They fly down, you make a couple soft calls, whatever, and he comes all the way in. Like this doesn't happen yeah. unless you're Andrew Maxwell and it's opening day of season or actually no day two of the season. But other, you know, other than that. Oh yeah. It, Ruined his morning. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But hey, the, you know, Jared killed one yesterday in that wind. Yeah. No, I'll say great example. <clears throat> Again, and a lot of guys are just Came talking, in silent. Yeah, a lot of guys talking about, you know, it's, it's rough situations. It's kind of like sticking with them. But again, his style, he's one of those dudes that are extremely patient through thick and thin. Goblin or not, he's got that patience. And it's, it's again, it's hard to say that. And like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be patient today when nothing's happening. And yeah, you might know there's some birds in the air, but it's like you're sitting there, dude, up against your tree, just kind of chilling, you know, making some soft, you know, Clucks, purr, scratching the leaves, whatever. It's hard to sit there for multiple hours, know that, hey, there are turkeys in this area. Sooner or later, they're going to get close enough where they can hear my call, like these subtle calls, and they're going to potentially come in here. And, you know, he has a tremendous success doing that. But for the average guy, it's, yeah. I'm not going to say it's impossible, <laughs> but it's pretty tough to do that. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I try to, like, match the mood of, the like, the woods when I'm out there. And so if it's, like, real quiet, like yesterday, that I like there was no owls at all anywhere around me, so I, I so I never owled or anything, and I'm just kind of like letting them do their own thing. And if it's real quiet, I try to be real quiet, unless it was like yesterday. Because I had to leave at like eight, and so I was just like, I was, I'm making something happen. I, was, I walk out to the end of this point, and I'm like, Are there any turkeys? Out there? <laughs> that's what I feel like that's what I'm saying in like turkey language when I go out and do that. I'm like, is anybody there? Please come hang out with me. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't get any any responses, but I, I have killed a couple on those quiet days over the years, and it's seems like it's always. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm talking myself into a corner because sometimes, sometimes it's like you go out and it's real quiet and there's nothing going on, and you're you're being quiet and you get one to come up silent. But then I have had other times where I just like make a absolute commotion and like get one fired up. So that's what happened in Georgia in 2020. I didn't, I hunted all morning and I didn't hear a gobble and it got to be like nine o'clock. Um, and so I just started calling like super loud. I did like this obnoxious, like two minute, like if anybody else is out there, they're like this moron, like this is why the turkeys don't gobble at our calls, like this guy. And I just do like this insane long loud calling sequence and then a, a turkey answers me like two ridges over and so i like hit him with some more and like i don't know 
five to six minutes later, I got two turkeys running in on top of me, just like gobbling their heads off. And I got one of them. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, and you know, another one, and we actually talked about this on this past Monday's episode with um, Dave Owens when we were talking about scenarios at the end of that episode back in, this was 2019? No, it was 2020. No, no, 20, no, 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 no. Well, the scenario I'm talking about was from 2019 or 2018 oh, oh, season. Oh. And it was when you and me located that one right off the road. I think it was opening day. Right off the road in public land. Crow called or whatever, did something, yelped something, and we ran down the short pines and we faced back to back in there. Remember? Okay. Keep, keep going. Okay. Anyways. I don't remember. But it, it was, oh my God. Anyways. We need to go re listen to the episode. We re sparked that memory because we break that hot up in that episode at the very end of the episode. And uh, <laughs> it was the one, had the logging road coming up, and we could only see um, over the, we couldn't see over the lip of it. And it's on that drain. And right. he walked past us. He walked past us. I saw him, but I didn't feel like I could get a good shot. All that kind of stuff. Anyways, that was a very quiet day because nothing was happening that morning. And this is not until the afternoon hunt. Mm -hmm. This is like later in the afternoon. We were still out there. It was like, and it was like the first bird we had heard all morning. And we were like, Yelping as loud as we could on the side of this road, just seeing in like one gobble, like okay, we went down there. Well, when he gobbled, he was like right there too, because we were just being a. I was like, okay, I'm gonna yelp, and then you yelp on top of me, like you cut me off, and we're like just, I mean, wailing on some pot calls, and this thing's like sixty yards away over the lip of the hill, and he finally gobbles, and we're like, oh my god, it worked. <laughs> so, but you know, not not saying go out and just do that, but. I don't know. Maybe go out and do it. See what happens. <laughs> Write us if you guys. You go out there if it's super quiet. Just get get crazy with it. And if you if you uh, get something to react and and respond and maybe kill one, let us know. Um, but but again, that's like the challenge is like it seems like this time of year, almost every point of the season. But it's like you get like these days or like length of time where it's like two three days in a row. It's just like nothing's happening. No real goblins happening. Is you're like where the birds go? You know. Uh, you know. Uh, you know they get abducted you know or well let's go someone put tape uh duct tape around their mouth of what's happening right now and uh it, it makes it tough but then again zach you mentioned like even yesterday they weren't goblin you went to go fishing and there's two gobblers right there just strutting doing their thing right yeah. next to the pond right the same gate we were hunting all morning so there's a pond out there and i guess it was around 11 we decided we were going to come out and eat real quick and we we're just going to go fishing because, I mean, we'd been all around that gate and there was nothing going on. So we come back, get the poles. <clears throat> we're going to go catch a fish. We go down to the pond and sure sure enough, there's there's two toms standing there like 10 feet from the water. And they turn and they're just staring at us. Well, Muzzy brought the shotgun back with him. He just couldn't get it off his shoulder quick enough. So <laughs> they they fly off or whatever. And I, I mean, that, I guess that just kind of, that tells you right there, like, even on slow days, don't give up too early like we did. I guess we just kind of got bored with it, and I don't know. But yeah, They're still out there doing their thing. It's yeah. like, if you're in turkeys, like, if you're in the sun, it's another thing if you're not in the sun. Like, if you're not seeing any sun at all, maybe you're hunting a new place, that's a little bit different. But if you're hunting an area like, hey, you got history, there's been birds in the air. I've heard birds in this area in the past, especially in the last, you know, a couple days or even the last week or two. You know, you're seeing the scratching, you're seeing the droppings, you're seeing the tracks. That's a place to, like, Okay, let's chill out for a little while. Maybe do some blind calls, set up, see what happens. Billy Yargis um, from not this year's episode, maybe it was a year or two ago. Just you can type in Billy Yargis, guys, and pull his episode up. He talked a lot about that. Where if it's a day like that, he gets up and will be on top of a ridge and will literally walk around top of a ridge in like a twenty-five to thirty-yard you know area, sound like a hen walking around calling, and will sit back down. That's his blind call setup. He'll sit back down and just wait out. Has wait for an hour, see what happens. And just kill a lot of birds like that in yeah. quiet days when they just want to slip on in there. Um, but again, it's like this is the time of the year when it seems like that's starting to happen. Like guys, are like man, it's like what's <clears> happening? <throat> you know, they gobbled out, or blah blah blah. You know, turkeys gobbled out. They shot them all. All this kind of stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like no, oh, they're they're still there. Talking to my buddy Wayne the other day about this, which Wayne is you know longtime turkey hunter, definitely one of the best turkey hunters I know. I was telling him that everybody around here has been struggling. I've been talking to you and a couple other of my buddies that we all hunt the same place. And pretty much everybody's been like, yeah, it's been tough. Like if I do hear a bird, I'm hearing like one bird. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we've been out years ago. You hear like eight birds on one morning, like yeah. just crazy 
Yeah, I, I tell a story of us on that turkey hunt. It was on spring break that one year. Okay. Oh and there were so many turkeys around us. We're like, what do we do? We turn uh, one uh, way and hear another gobble and turn back. And we're like, <laughs> what's the story? I want to come. I, I want to hear this one real quick. Uh, so we were on the so we were on the same place that that we've been hunting like all these years. And we, I think that might have been the first year that I like really started turkey hunting. Maybe or I, I turkey hunted a little bit, but then I don't know. Just we went because it was open and day. And the way I remember it is like there was like eight different birds. It was we, ridiculous. We heard I mean, like a hundred plus gobbles, and we didn't know what to do. And you know, our buddy Chris that we were mentioning that we used to work with, uh, I remember we were texting him that morning and texting your uncle, mm-hmm. and we were sitting over there on the gas line. And we're like, "What do we do?" <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Chris sent back. He just sent a text like, "Well, if you've heard that many, you shouldn't yeah. leave without a there, turkey." There's no excuse. <laughs> there's, there, there wasn't, no. to be honest. But was that the same morning that? We got bored and we ended up sitting on that ridge calling and it was like 11 o'clock and that turkey came walking right up on us and we it, we spooked it. I think so. I think that was the same one. Yeah, because you brought those little cigars or whatever and we're sitting there smoking those. Just <laughs> chilling. I brought the victory cigars. We're like, ah, hell, let's just smoke them anyway. So, man. Back to trying to be cool. Were y'all, still, were y'all still in high school or were y'all in college? That was in high school. Yeah. That was before Pinotti Project, so I wasn't trying to copy him. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we just had us some cigar. Had some Swisher Sweets out there. <laughs> no. They- <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. that's exactly what happened. I, and I, and we, we we we're sitting there and we hear and we like look at each other. And we're like, is that so, you hear something? And then you look over and you just see this red head pop just over the hill, getting it through the woods. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then one of us moved, and then it just turned. And he like his head went back below the hill, and we're like, maybe he'll come back up. And we sit there watch for a second, and then we see him running up the other side of the mountain. <laughs> I mean, just hauling. It was that was bad. You see that red head. Just like darting through the woods. Yeah, man. It was a struggle. That's we had some good times. So. Well, it's like, dude, that's a great like, memory. When you and me hunted uh, the same area back in this, like 2017, maybe. And you, you took, Andrew took me out and hunting behind one of these gates that you used to always hunt. That we talked about earlier. Like, we always, you know, hunt this one gate and go in there and set up on some birds. And they were gobbling. They were down the bowl below us. And like, man, it was money stuff. This is back when we were doing the whole fly down stuff. We'd take our hats off, like, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, him set up, but this is like my first, like, legit, like, oh, that's when he really choked. Legit, dude, like, legit turkey hunt I've ever been on. Like, where it was like stuff like this, like, there's like, and there's three birds gobbling down in front of us in this little bowl. We step on this pine ridge. It's kind of pretty open. It's bare pine ridge. Like, there's no, cover at all so we're just tucked up in these pine trees that are like eight inches ten inches diameter we're like they weren't made for fellas like us yeah no little bitty pine trees they, they, they weren't made for thick biscuits dude uh, so <laughs> we was a country biscuit we were just trying to we were just trying to look like a bump on a log dude and, just <laughs> do thing. and uh uh yeah well andrew you can tell it part of the story where i kind of screwed up no, I'll let you tell it, bud. I mean, well, Andrew does a whole fly down and does a little fly down cackle. Actually, I don't think you no, we didn't do no, a cackle. You just, you, you just did the 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 uh the wing beats with your hats or with our hats. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it get quiet. I think bird. I think we heard the birds fly down. And then all of a sudden, like I'm looking, me and Andrew, are like kind of looking downhill towards where the birds are. At. And I was like looking to the right side hill with us. Now look down, and all I see is this gobbler thirty five yards away, maybe maybe forty yards tops. And he's like walking right to us, not strutting or anything. He's just walking. He's like coming straight to us. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and instead of like, in range, instead of like put the gun and shoot it, it just chokes. I don't know. Andrew's right here to my left. He's on my left side, like 90 degrees to my left, right? off my left corner, like four trees over. So he's like 15 feet from me, 20 feet. And I'm like, I look at him. And with my left or right hand, I point at the turkey. I had no gloves on, too. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a turkey. <laughs> and instead of like, I should have just like let him know with a warrant with a gunshot warning shot, a gunshot. Yeah. And yeah, I did that. And I turned back and the turkey like ran off. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, I knew that tree didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that's a big looking, that's a weird looking stump on the bottom of that tree. Well, so then he ran over and got back with his buddies and then they all started coming back to us and they were like 65 yards Strutting. away. He just, just sends one over the back. Like 65 <laughs> yards. <laughs> And this is like no TSS. No TSS. I wouldn't shoot it one that far anyways, but yeah, just missed it. And then we went over there and he was like, let's try to blood trail it. Oh my God. This was bad. I got got way too amped up. (laughs) I I, I, I talked myself in like, they're closer than what you think they are. They're closer than what you think you are. And swung over and shot on my weak side, on my right hand side. And yeah, they were every bit that far (laughs) shooting lead. And I'm like, 
Anyways, I, yeah. I can looking I can. back at it, it was like very like unethical. Like I would never do it again, especially with that set with that gun. That gun it was it was bad. Nah, you were new. But like, but again, yeah. looking at it, it was like I was just talking. About, oh man, they're they're, they're 40, 45 years. <laughs> and then after like I stood when I stood up because like I shot the bird, it hit the bird. Bird like rolled and took off running, and the other ones flew off. And I I stood up and when I stood up, I'm like, oh my god, that's that was a long ways. <laughs> I, yep. uh, I I can talk crap because I did that last year. I called up a bird. I went before work and uh, I like worked him for like an hour and I was late for work already. So I was like kind of antsy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's coming down this road to me and he was like walking and walking and there was just log laying across the road. And I'm like, when he gets that log, I'm going to kill him. And he got to that log and he like put his head up and it was like so perfect. And I just squeezed it off. Everything was good. And I shot and like I shoot a Mossberg. So after I like pick myself up off the ground, <laughs> after I shot it, I, uh, I lean up and I just see him flying away. And I'm like, no way. And I get up and start like running down there. And it's like that moment when you get up and you start going down there. You're like, oh, that was that was way further yeah. than I thought it was. I did the literally the exact same thing. I thought that he was like 40, and now he was he was like 65. <laughs> Well, it's, that's that's the issue. Like when you're in somebody's open woods, like you just your adrenaline gets a hold of you and all that kind of stuff, and you're like, you're looking at the bird, especially if he comes in and he's strutting. Yeah, and you're like, he just looks so big. You're like, oh man, he's closer than what he think. You like, you just automatically think, oh, he's forty yards, and yeah, he's sixty five plus. And some guys like, oh, I'll shoot one at sixty five plus. I'm like, well, you do you. Yeah. I'm like, I'd rather get as close as physically possible before like poking one, taking a poke at it. Because uh, you just never know really what happens, but like, yeah, that that was crazy. But okay, we're so we got it all in all this whole thing. I'll tr- we're trying Tangent. to get over. What we're tr- we're trying to get over to like uh, talking about failures. Y'all talking about this? What? How did we get on this topic? You're talking about spring break and this hunt. Oh, that that yeah, that hunt was a failure. All right, yeah, that, <laughs> it was a failure for sure. It was fun though. It was an experience. Yeah, yeah we had a good was, good old was, time. Hunted that hunted that spot for many years, as we were talking about before we got recorded. I've, now, I've still never killed a turkey there. Now we can't hunt it anymore. Actually, you can. Well, you can. We but. asked. Uh, <laughs> well, you can, but <laughs> <laughs> that it got taken off the map. But apparently, like the sale fell through after they printed the map. Did it really? Yeah. So that's still that's still open. Way to keep me in the loop. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know well, that either. I, I didn't know I that thought, until was... two weeks ago. And my buddy was like, "Hey, I'm going to go here open a day." And I was like, "I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Probably should." <laughs> and, and he sent me the text message from the game warden. He's like, "Yep, sure enough. Holy cow! Yeah." yeah. That's a hot tip. That's, so, a, that's like when we were up in Tennessee. He said not like it stopped anybody anyways. Yeah, no, it <laughs> yeah. didn't. That was like when we were up in Tennessee, and uh, there was a piece of pup that we, we were hunting on, the velvet hunt. And the game was like, oh, yeah, we're just acquiring this other like 150 acres. Y'all can go hunt it. I'm like, what? Like It wasn't on the map or anything, but he's like, yeah, we're, we're, oh, bu- he- we're buying it like next week or whatever. And he's like, I like, it's fine to go hunt. I'm like, I don't know about that, dude. Oh, no, that, you, that's exactly- if you've got messages, man, I'm... I'm going. Like, <laughs> Zach's like I'm there. He, he said it. Well, yeah. that, that's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to do, man. We were talking to him, and I talked to this game warden for like an hour, like just standing on the road talking to him. And there's this bean field behind us, and that's the bean field he was talking about. He's yep. like, he's like, yeah, we're buying that property right there. I'm like, so like it's going to be part of this WMA. He's like, yeah, I mean, you could probably go ahead and just hunt it. And I was like, really? Okay. And he told me that verbally. I'm like, what's your number? And so I get his number and I start texting him. I texted him so many times that day because I was trying to get him to say it over text because <laughs> he's like, well, let, I'll, I'll let you know and make sure. And uh, I wanted like for that reason, I wanted yeah. him to tell me over text I could do it. So I like had something. And uh, now he came back at like midnight and he was like, I actually know you probably shouldn't do that. But I'm like, <laughs> ah. Well, thanks for letting me know. Are you the only one out here? Cause- <laughs> <laughs> oh, he made it very clear that he was because he wasn't happy about it being the only one out there but, yeah but well. but again back to the whole turkey thing it's like again getting back on topic the the, the failures is this is like the thing to kind of learn from especially with a lot of these guests that we've had on and just like again people you talk to that's extremely successful if you're going out there and you're killing five turkeys in five days which some people do that's again you're, you're a special kind of person dude that's just, it's just tough to go out there but again being like a weekend warrior and a guy because that, that was me up until this point Again, like past years, it's like, like last year, I barely, I didn't, I hunted, I think the one time when we went up North Alabama, that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was like a day, two, day and a half hunt, something like that. And every other than that, I had to work weekends. Like I was just slammed busy. I didn't have any time to go hunt. And I couldn't go hunt on the weekdays. And it's like, if you're a guy where you're, you know, like you're like, Zach, you're running your own business. Okay. So like, I know you're freaking slammed busy right now too. And it's like, 
And if you only get hunt like weekends or maybe like a, a, like a couple hours, like one weekday morning, and you hunt like eight o'clock, it's tough because if it yeah. if the conditions aren't right, the birds aren't talking. There's only so much you can do unless you have like a most jam up spot where like no matter conditions, these turkeys are coming here mid morning to be gobbling from whether it's you know one of these secondary ridge points and these knobs that Andrew talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, or if it's a little green field, food plot, whatever, whatever little thing, power line, pipeline, gas line that these birds want to come to, unless you know where they're going to, it's hard to kill them. And that's like, that's like the struggle I see with a lot of guys. Cause like you went on social media, like again, yesterday, I, one, one of the guys that I think we all know, we talked about earlier, he was asking about, you know, the tur- birds are talking on this one piece of public land. Everybody's like, nah, dude, it's been like super quiet. Yeah. Now, some of those guys could have been lying, but from everybody else I know that's been out there, like, dude, no, it was it was brutal. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, that's the fact that that's what sucks is if you're hunting like in weekends, it's a Saturday, nothing's happening, and you don't necessarily know where the turkeys are going to be at. It's like, you know, like you said, you know, go fishing, man. It's whatever. Yeah. It's like there's only so much you can do. So when you think turkey calls, Think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl call. You know, that I can cut on really hard, where on other situations, I might like the all pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation. And hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP24. That's SOP24. Use that promo code. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. Yeah, that's what uh, I was getting at earlier. I forgot this, but when I was talking to my buddy Wayne, uh, he was saying that he thinks like this just general time of year you know you have the turkeys they'll gobble really really good for like a couple days and then for like a week or so after that they don't gobble really well and he says he thinks it's because they basically gobble up like a group of hens and they kind of hang out with those hens yeah for maybe a couple days because you know we talk about it like oh they lose their hens at like 10 a.m or whatever well maybe they do maybe they don't i think it i don't know it probably just depends but he's thinking like he He's got his group of hens, and until they something like breaks them up, or if they start going to nest, he's just not going to gobble that good. And then, and then you know, one day all of a sudden you got one that's just like got a death wish. You know, that was definitely that second turkey I shot this year. Like he gobbled, it was dark still. I was sitting up against yeah. the tree and it was dark, and he gobbled. And I that's was how, like, "Ooh, some mine was." But I mean, yeah. you talk about how failure is something to learn from with turkeys, but in my experience, I mean, I'm sure others have learned plenty from failure but i feel like i learned a whole lot more from failure with deer hunting than i do turkey hunting i feel like i learned a whole lot more from success with turkey hunting because i mean they're hard creatures to pattern deal i mean deer you know they're they're fairly predictable but turkeys i mean if you don't if you don't see one or hear one what are you supposed to learn from that other than i mean that's it i I don't gather anything from failure with turkey hunting unless i've mess up the hunt somehow but that's a good point that's actually a really good point let's, let's messing, dive into it a little bit come on now messing up the hunt I, no i mean you're right if you go out there and you just don't hear anything and that's probably one of the frustrating parts of trying to you know learn how to turkey hunt is if you go out there and you're not hearing birds and you're not you know directly doing something that ruins the hunt uh like i don't know calling i've done this before like where the turkeys are coming in and you call at them because I, I don't want to hear him gobble and as soon as you call they're just like i'm out yeah <laughs> like that that lump against the tree just yelped i'm gonna run away now <laughs> okay i think that goes back to like outdoor television and stuff like you're so used oh that's that's a soapbox like you get on i thought about this a couple oh days man ago. i did that same area you know that we're talking about all those years ago like those open pines same place you messed up on the turkeys and everything i had three coming in one year this is like early it's probably the same year that me and you were out there uh, and I went out like before school or, or class or whatever that morning and I had three walking in. They were like a hundred yards away and I wanted to hear them gobble so bad that I like yelped three times. And I mean, the instant I yelped, they turned around and ran. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, did they see me? Like, I didn't understand. Did I sound that ugly? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Is it something I said? No, but I think a lot of people 
they watch YouTube videos. They watch outdoor television. They see these turkeys come in full strut. They come in gobbling, you know, hard and heavy. And then the host or whoever on the TV show, they're like messing with the turkey. Like they're coming in decoys and they're like messing with them. They're like gobbling their purr because they just want to see them flog the turkey or flog the decoy, you know, hit the decoy. Yeah, it's good for TV. And then they're yeah. like, then they kill it. And like to me, that like I know some other guys like it really drives them crazy, like kind of obsessing, like just shoot the turkey, like yeah, they don't need to be put on yeah. a show just for telling. But it molests the decoy. But it's for like, 15 but, minutes, but, but to me, that's what I think gives a lot of people, especially new hunters, like a like a unfair thought on what turkey hunting is. Yeah, because that's not normal, just like unrealistic any, expectations. Yeah, for like ninety, I mean. probably ninety percent of our listeners, that's not a normal turkey hunt mm-hmm. at all. Like that's not what it's going to be like at all. And it's like, if you go into the mindset, like, oh, I just call real aggressive, which can work for some people, but if you, I just call real aggressive, real often, get a bird super fired, which I can, can happen. And then do all this kind of excess calling when he's coming in, you know, I can kill and I can have all this cool stuff. A lot of times on pressured birds, whether it's public or private, it doesn't matter, but if they're being pressured, which a lot of these birds, a lot of these gobblers, especially in the Southeast, because there's just so many turkey hunters, they've been called to most likely, they've probably even possibly been shot at and, and potentially even wounded in past years. Like they know, they know something's up. And a lot of times, like some of the more successful hunters don't call a whole bunch and they understand when to turn it off when they need to, to let that curiosity kill that guy where yeah. come all the way in. And again, that's because I get, I thought about that a couple of days ago. I was seeing some outdoor television and like Instagram videos and Instagram reels and stuff. And it's just like, I would love to be in a turkey hunt like that where you can like, you have one coming all the way in. It's like that. He's like, just kind of completely showing off and like, not a care in the world. Not like some of these Alabama public land birds are just like, hey man, what's up? Like, that's, <laughs> like they're cracked out. They're kind of like the deer. They come in, they're cracked out, dude. Oh yeah, they're saying their three best friends. Get- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about your three, the three yeah, ones you saw. Smoked, in. yeah. The, the one that survives that season, the other one's yeah. two did. He's like, man, that 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 bird's got. That you seen some stuff, man. These are smoking, you know, marble reds in the corner. Just like, man, boy, I've seen some stuff. He's talking. He's talking to the Jakes in the off season. Like, get prepared, boy. He's yeah. like, you don't know what I've seen, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, oh, these man. poor turkeys, man. But uh, but I mean that, but that's that's it. Like again. I, I, it's almost I wish I don't know how to change that perspective like change the perspective of turkey hunting especially like down here it was like to be really successful turkey hunting it's like you got to be able to be successful on days when they're not super hot like to me those guys that can kill birds on quiet on like calm quiet days when nothing's really happening are some to me those are the ones I like I want to pay attention to that person. yeah for sure clearly yeah they're understanding something that it takes because not saying anybody can kill a bird when they're super hot, but if they're ready to die, they're ready to die. Yeah. I mean, Dave Owens talked about that last week's last Monday's episode. He said, I'm looking for a turkey that's ready to die because you can get them killed. You can move on to the next bird. And it's like those those guys are more methodical. They can really kind of piece it apart when it's super slow. Those are the ones I'm like, I'm super interested in learning more about. Like, how do you do that? How do you have that patience? How do you have the right setups? Because I think that plays even more of a factor the days when they're quiet. Of like your setup is everything. First off, you gotta oh, be in the yeah. birds. Like you gotta be in the area the birds are gonna be at. But also you have to have a setup that makes sense for blind calling, but also gives you an advantage either listening, hearing wise, like hey, I can hear a turkey coming. But if it's high winds, you have to have some kind of visual that that turkey's not popping up at twenty five yards. Yeah. Like over to your right and ninety degrees off from where your gun barrel's at, and you're like, Oh crap, now what? Yeah. So set up everything. Well, so speaking of like, you know, learning more from a successful turkey hunt, Zach, you had the successful one that we talked about earlier in the episode. So let's uh, let's talk about that hunt a little bit. How'd that one start out? Um, it was actually so it wasn't opening day for the state, but it was opening day for public land because yeah. we won't go into that. But yeah, you're about to hop on a soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll He's leave burning that. bridges. Here we'll, we go. We'll leave that where it is. But <laughs> so I went out to the spot, and honestly, I'd never even thought about going in there. And Muzzy kind of mentioned it. Because they closed that gate and there's a whole bunch of land back in there. So I went there, walked in before daylight. And as I'm walking, I hear a gobble. Um, so I stopped and listened for a little bit and heard him again. I was like, dude, that thing's, he's far off. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of took my time. I was like, I want to see if there's anything that happens between him and me that's m- maybe a little bit closer. Because I thought by the time I got down there to him, you know, it was, he was just going to be gone. Yeah. But, so I walk out there to the power line where it's, I'm up on a ridge, you know, I can hear really good and sun's starting to come up and he's just still just hammering over and over and over again. And I decided, I was like, he wants to die. So I'm going after him. I didn't hear anything else. I didn't call at all. 
So I walked the three quarters of a mile or whatever it was down there to him. And he had kind of gotten quiet while I was on my way. And I was kind of worried that he had seen me at some point because I was going down the power line, mm-hmm. which was probably not smart. But was he like on the edge of the power line or? Well, so the power line's kind of on the ridge and he's down in one of the bottoms over there. So once I figured that out, I kind of had more confidence going down the power line. Well, the road I was walking on the power line dips off in the woods at, at one point and I was about to go off in the woods and he gobbled and was maybe 45 yards away. So I put on the brakes real quick and backed up <laughs> and found a spot up there on the gas line to set up thinking maybe he just wants to come up there for some reason. So I set up on the high side of it, just brushed myself in real good, got all my stuff put down and I ran out into the gas line and did some light calling on my pot call just to see if he was interested. I didn't get any response. So I went back, sat up and just listened to him gobble over and over and over again. How how far was he at that point when he was gobbling? You know, I couldn't really tell if he was moving or if it was just him turning. But I mean, some some gobbles sounded like they were right beside me. Some of them sounded like they were distant. And it could have been a couple birds down there. Yeah. But there was one point I could tell for sure he was getting further away. And this was like 645, I guess, 7 o'clock. No, no I got there at 645 is when I got set up. This is probably like 715. He was getting far away. And I was kind of getting nervous i was like you know i don't know if he's going after a hen or something else so he gobbles and then gobbles right after that and that second gobble i cut him off with some aggressive yelps and just clicking and making some weird noises i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) but trying to sound aggressive like hey i'm here yeah and he gobbled right back to me and nothing i did with the pot call before that you know he, he didn't pay any attention to it never gobbled nothing so once he gobbled at that, I was like, okay, you know, I'm a little more comfortable now. He's, he's responded. Well, some geese flew over about three or four minutes later and he gobbled again, sounded about the same spot he was before. So I clucked twice and he like immediately hammered on it. And so I, like you were talking about that last episode a couple of weeks ago where you kind of got to know when to throw your calls like out of reach. So you're not <laughs> yeah. wanting to keep, keep going. That's kind of what I did. I just I threw my pot call and put my mouth call back in my pocket and was like, okay, I'm just going to wait. And maybe a minute later, he's 25, 30 yards away. I couldn't see him yet, but he gobbled right there at the top where that road comes up onto the power line. Oh, He's right there. And as soon as he gobbled, I flipped the safety off. I'm sitting there like shaking like a, <laughs> like a leaf. Gobbles at 25 yards. <laughs> and I see, his, I see his head moving through the brush because i was set up on like a grassy side of the power line i see his head and when he pops out to where i can see him dude he's dragging his wings like chest completely puffed out i've never seen one strut like that that close Mm. and he comes out and i was like i had two little sticks growing up where I, i couldn't move my gun to the left at all so i was like okay i'm just gonna have to wait which i kind of wanted to watch him anyway because i've never seen that Mm-hmm. and he comes out like perfect gun range and i'm about to pull the trigger and he gobbles and, like <laughs> sticks his I, there's nothing more like oh, cinematic yeah. than that like the the spot and everything with the background it was mm-hmm. it was just one of the moments but Ow. he gobbles and as soon as he stops gobbling i pull the trigger and it was foggy <laughs> that morning so i i shot and there was just a like smoke cloud in front of me. I couldn't see anything. So I'm sitting there like jumping around trying to see if he's actually <laughs> on the ground. With black powder. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. Like you were talking about picking yourself up off the ground. My Stoger does the same thing. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there like sitting up and I couldn't see anything. So I'm diving around trying to see if he's actually on the ground. And he wasn't even like barely flopping a wing, but oh, yeah. <laughs> graveyard dead. Yeah. I ran out there and I, if anybody was out there, they, they heard some great stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, that, the funny thing is, like, let's imagine someone's out there, like maybe like you know four or five hundred yards away, and they hear, "Ow!" And just and there's silence, and then like ten seconds later, this dude screaming. <laughs> That's how it was, man. Hey, by the way, if you're listening, you heard that. 
Open day season, which is April first. No, yep. Yeah, April first. Yep. Yeah. You know, if, no, if, if you yeah. heard that, that that was me. Yeah, that was like, that was Zach. I was out there clapping and everything, <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> like, let's go. Having myself a party. Let's like, go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, hyped up. That's that's awesome. Hey, but by the way, was it on the right side? That bird came up from the right side. It came up from my left. I was set up so. Uh, uh, is, you're all good. You're all good. Oh, I was, I was, I was, you, never mind. Uh-huh. You were talking about. No, no, no. Geographically? No, 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 Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, I was like, what's some digits? No, no, no. no coordinates. No, 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 some coordinates? No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, yeah, never mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, that, that's that's uh, that, that's awesome, though. That's that's cool because you got to have that kind of interaction, which is that kind of interaction that a lot of people dream of. But a lot of times that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, have you ever had that happen? Uh, at, in Georgia, yeah. When those two birds are running up. And I got them really fired up. That was like nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, I wasn't sure where they were because like I got them to gobble like four or five times because I like I hadn't heard anything all morning. I was like kind of fired up. So I kept like getting them to gobble. And I think we had just done an episode with Wayne Mm -hmm. and he was talking about basically like revving them up and then cutting them off. And so when I got them to gobble, you know, I hit them with some cuts or whatever and they gobble again. And I hit them with some more and they gobble again. And you're like raising that that temperature and then at you like climax it or whatever and you're like yelping and and they they go after it dude they gobble and then you you shut up and you don't give them anything else so that happened and we i'm like running at them and they're running at me basically like in hindsight and i get on this ridge and i'm kind of standing there and i'm like half squatted down i'm like where are these turkeys at and i and i like yelp four times and they both gobble and they're like right up like right around the side of the hill like you're talking about and I just like dive against this pine tree <laughs> and get the gun up. And like three seconds later, they round the hill and I shoot one of them. Not knowing the regulations, he could have shot both birds. That I way. didn't know that you could kill more than one in Georgia. Not, now you can't. Well, I, so I thought, you know, at the time I, I had read and I that you could do that. But coming from Alabama, like that is a big no no. Oh, yeah. And so like I didn't. I didn't trust myself enough. And so, yeah, I shoot the first one. Well, the, they're so revved up again, like kind of you know, bring that temperature up. They're so fired up. I shoot the first one and he's flopping and his buddy goes over there and starts like flogging him and stuff. And I rack another <laughs> shell and I put, <laughs> I put the, the red dot on the other one's head and I'm about to squeeze it off. And I'm like, uh, wait, can I, can I kill two in a can, day? In let me check the rules real quick. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to play it safe. And so I got yeah. up and I had to like run him off. He was so fired up. He was over there beating up on Dude. his buddy, man. Definitely. <laughs> Andrew called me afterwards and I'm like, he was telling the story. I'm like, you know, you could have shot both birds. No, I was. Yeah, what? I'm like, yeah, you I wasn't that upset. It was a great hunt. I know, but, but you know, dude, just imagine coming up toting two birds. Yeah, mm. yeah, I felt real cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> man, man. Uh, but yeah, dude, there's nothing like when they gobble and you can't see them yet, and they're like, but they're like right there, and you can like feel the rattle in your chest. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah. That's one thing. I, that's one. That is one thing. Like I, I miss like when it comes to turkey hunting because I haven't had that in a long time. One of the last times that, that I distinctly remember that happened to you is when I was hunting with Jordan Barnes, a buddy Jordan Barnes from Close Proximity TV YouTube channel in Georgia. And me and him were hunting some public land. And, dude, we had one bird. Me and him went hunting. Dude, we walked 14 miles this one day. And it was all yeah. flat land. But, dude, we were on birds the whole time. We were just bouncing around bird to bird. And to be honest, it was, like, the fastest 14. Like, dude, yeah. Like, we, we from, like, daylight. Like, we got on bird. Like, it, from the time we were, got out there, had an hour walk in, got in there, birds all around us. And we're bump, we're jumping from bird to bird, like we're from bird. Okay, let's go to this bird. Like jumping four hundred yards to another bird, and just all morning. I should have shot one at like eight yards. And <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this this is the pattern was I didn't want to shoot Jordan's camera first off because we were sitting at this bird. We kept getting on this one this one gobbler, and we were on one side of the creek, and he was on the same side as us. And all of a sudden, something would happen, and I don't, it might not be actually now I'm looking back at it, it might have been two birds. It would be gobbling on the other side of the creek. And this was like, you know, a couple hundred yards down from us. And it's like a thick, it wasn't like, imagine privet, but it's not privet. I don't know what they have down there in like Georgia, like Southern Georgia. But imagine like a privet thicket around this, uh, around this little small creek. So it'd be gobbling on one side. We're like facing down the creek. And then all of a sudden it gets onto the other side goblin. So we hop onto the other side goblin. We'd be, you know, we're calling back and forth. And then it'd be, it, we'd be jumping from one side. It'd be on the other side. And we were jumping back and forth. Finally, we got set up and we're like, okay, it like walked off. And like started gobbling farther away from us. So we got separate, kept going back and forth across. We found like this one little like shallow spot it was going across. Put her back up against the creek and was like facing down this little logging trail it was coming down. 
We get set up and the bird like runs in on us. And I'm looking at it and it's like 60, 70 yards out coming down this log road and then it like veered off. It had like a little bit and veered off to some of the cover. Next thing I know, dude, all I hear is mm-hmm. anyways, spitting. And I can't hear the drum. Or I didn't pay t- I don't know. I probably did hear it now looking back at it, but I didn't realize what it was. And George's like, dude, spitting drum. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's filming the whole thing. He's sitting right next to me. He's sitting to my right hand side. And I'm you know, right handed shooter. So we're trying to get him on the left hand side, like him come around this little corner at like 25 yards and shoot him. And uh, it's spitting. I can't hear the drum. And then all of a sudden, th- there's like some thick stuff in front of us. And I just see feathers in the fan come up. And it's, oh. and it's sitting. And it's probably 25, 30 yards from it. But it's right through this stuff. I can't mm-hmm. see it. And this trail, it was coming down. It made like a bend to the left. And it came back directly towards me. And I'm trying to shoot it like coming through the bend. Well, it says screw the bend. And I guess it was another trail. that came up to Jordan's right. And it starts walking right to us. Through this thick stuff, there's no way to shoot through. But yeah, you can see like his feet and everything. Kind of like every now and then you can see like part of the feathers and birds. And it was like strutting and it dropped strut and it was be spitting and drumming. And it came up and he's got footage. I don't think he ever posted the footage though. Now mm-hmm. I think about it from this from these hunts because we hunted like two or three days together. And the bird came all the way down and dude, it gets like eight yards from us. But it's thick. I can see the bird. I'm sitting. Imagine you're sitting facing the wall, just sit wherever you're at. And the bird is at my like two o'clock position. Jordan's sitting next to me at my three o'clock position, and I'm a right-handed shooter, and that's a hard yeah. way to swing. You're like and the, five out of the way on dude, three. The, <laughs> it is sitting. The bird is right there, dude. He's like, he's like, he's like, he dropped a strut. He's like looking around, and now he's like, he knows something's yeah. up. Yeah. And there's some, there's still some stuff like you could have shot. But again, Jordan's face is right here along with his camera. And he's, <laughs> he's trying to. He can't, Jordan can't even get the camera around to film it because it you know it busted. Finally, the bird freaks off. You know, freaks and, and runs off. Uh, flips out, and runs off. But uh, yeah, that's, that was one of those close times. You're like, man, this this turkey's dead did he like gobble right in your face i don't know he, he never gobbled no he's just spitting drumming but he was gobbling back forth i mean he gobbled probably within like 75 yards of us at one point but it was never like 25 yards but like mm-hmm. he came in and he knew that we were there and we just got we've that was one thing i guess i now looking back i learned that that gobbler he had this one part of the creek that he'd go back and forth on you could see the tracks in the sand mm-hmm. and we just sat right there on that logging road where logging road went across the creek because it was real shallow and just sat up, and that's where he wanted to be, clearly, because he was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for like an hour. And uh, he came in. He just came in on the wrong side of me. So, sucked. Yeah. Happens, dude. Yep. Um, Zach, with that turkey you just shot, what was uh, what was something that you might have got from that hunt that you might use again? Um. Okay, so this hunt, like I was saying earlier, I've always been one to go out there and just blind call, mm-hmm. the, just try to hear a gobble, I guess is what I was always after and i mean i had a little bit of success but most of the birds i've killed have been kind of like just slipping through the woods and hearing one and deciding to go after him versus the opposite striking one up yeah so this hunt i was like okay i've i've been listening a lot to other people i'm going to try to change the way i do things and i got out like i said i didn't make a single sound i was quiet even when I got set up and he was gobbling, I called very minimally. Just I started off really light because I didn't want to spook him or anything, but I wanted to, him to know I was there, and he wasn't responding and all that. So, and I'm, I mean, I was texting you, you know, like I don't know what to do. I wasn't hearing anything. And you mentioned cutting him off, like when it gobbled, and that was the sole thing that got his attention. I think that really. Is kind of what made him think, hey, I'm, I might need to go up there. Yeah. And after that, I mean, just those two little clucks I did, I really didn't want to do. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I was like, I got to make sure he knows where I'm at. And as soon as I did that, he gobbled. I put my stuff down was like, yeah, the, oh, he, yeah. he's dead. When he hammers a cluck, you're like, oh. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I learned kind of. Don't necessarily get stuck in your ways. I mean, if you're having luck with it, stay with it, obviously. But if you're trying to get creative, I guess, and yeah, you're not, you don't have the best luck out in the woods, then don't be, mm-hmm. you know, don't be against trying something new. Because yeah, that's uh, uh, one thing that when we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, it was like you know sometimes you'll you'll hit a call and it won't be like immediately, but like a couple seconds later or like 
I don't know, up to like 10 seconds later, which like feels a lot longer than it really is. Yeah. But you'll call and you kind of listen and listen and listen. And then pow, there's like a gobble way off. You're like, did he gobble at me? Or was that just like a coincidence? And so I wonder if, you know, they kind of think the same thing with hens. Like, you know, if one gobbles and you fumble around with your calls and, and then you call, is he, I don't know, it, something about like the she, urgency of like he gobbles and then you're, you're like right on top of him. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, like, yeah. hey, hey, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's me you want? <laughs> Is it me you want? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. It might have something to do with it, honestly. Kind of, kind of, you know, turkey psychology and getting into their brains. I mean, it may. It definitely gave brains. me confidence, though. Like when immediately gobbled back mm-hmm. after he had just finished gobbling. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all about reading the turkey. I mean, that second is kind of the opposite with that second turkey I shot this year, right off the roost. Like he gobbled nothing i mean he gobbled at everything that morning he he gobbled at nothing he was gobbling on his own he gobbled at crows he gobbled at owls he gobbled at a dog barking he gobbled at a distant gunshot <laughs> and then when i yelped at him he did not gobble yeah and so i'm like like he's got to be coming to me because he's just been like burning it up like everything all morning and then i yelp and it's complete silence i'm like okay you're getting yeah, hopefully he's coming <laughs> hopefully it didn't sound that bad yeah <laughs> And then he shows up like five minutes later. That's kind of the same scenario I had, but. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every once in a while you get lucky and you just get those turkeys, but you're kind of bringing it full circle. You got to, you got to be out in the woods enough to actually, you know, have that kind of experience. Cause yeah. you know, if you spend enough time out, you're going to run into that turkey that, you know, on the right day, you know, the, for the last three days, that same turkey might be like stubborn, not wanting to gobble at anything. And then day four, something in his little bird brain switches and he's just he's ready to come in like whatever you throw at him so those days are few and far between but they're worth it all, all you need is four now so yeah all you need is four <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think it's, that's the day that you know every turkey every turkey in your dreams of going out there and there's you're hearing five six seven eight ten birds you know just all gobbling i mean see those mornings are tough to me too though but, but see me, yeah. those are the mornings that everybody's like, oh man, this is awesome because there's just so many, but it's overwhelming too. Yeah. You know, because they're like, oh crap, you know, you got to pick one and run with it. You know, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that actually is like, that's a good problem to have for sure. But that's something that like on those mornings where there's like a bunch of birds goblin, I usually like now that we're talking about it, I, I think I usually screw those up. Yeah. Because I choose the wrong one because I'm like, well, he's closer, but this one over there, you know, it, it, make, it makes it think or it makes me think now, like in those situations, if if you'd be more successful, if they are burning up at daybreak, there's like sitting there and wait until like seven, seven thirty and just seeing who's still gobbling once they're on the ground. Yeah. Oh, that's that, it, dude. Yeah. Man, I'll commit to one and oh, I'll haul well, over we, to yeah, him. Yeah. I'll cross a valley and we get there and he shuts up, but his buddy who went from 200 yards away to 450 yards away. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's burning he's the looking. woods down. Yeah. yeah. And then we're like, well, crap. Yeah. So that's what happened to us at that turkey camp mm-hmm. uh, in 2020 as, as the world started falling apart. That's right when COVID <laughs> happened. We were in deer camp and oh, everything we chasing turkey, I mean, turkey was, camp. And yeah, I was so. just like, oh, I don't care what happens. I'm yeah. up here. We're having a good time. Yeah. Me and Jacob walked way back in the spot and we had, that was the last time I had a morning like that mm-hmm. where all those, those two years ago. I forgot about that. Yeah. There, we just had turkeys all we, we had like two goblin over here. We had one goblin out in front of us. We had two fighting down in the bottom. We could hear them doing their fighting purrs and flogging each other. I mean, <laughs> they were just, uh, yeah. And then we ended up calling one up and I scared it. So <laughs> that happens. But that, that was like one of those, that was one of those mornings. Dude. There were just turkeys all over the place. And that was one we kept going in a big circle and we would call from a location sit there for like 10 minutes <laughs> we'd move up 300 yards and we have one gobble from where we were just at mm-hmm. i mean literally happened like three times that morning i've experienced that a lot that's kind of one of the reasons why i've been trying to be tight-lipped i guess because i've done that a lot where i like i'll sit sit down and call sit for 45 minutes and i was like okay nothing's happening i want to move on and i'll get down there and call and one gobbles from exactly where i was just sitting it's like <laughs> yeah if i could punch myself <laughs> i mean you can it, it might look yeah, a little weird but, but you know <laughs> it's not gonna hurt enough is what i'm getting at like yeah i've been there dude that, that happens a lot it's patience factor you gotta that, that happened to me last year actually one of the places we were hunting so it's 
you know, it was one of these one of these properties we were hunting on, and had one <clears throat> answer. It was actually I just came up to this bottom and called. Nothing happened. I came up on the ridge and like swung around the ridge. And I was sitting there, like, man, this is a good looking spot. I was about to look over this next little drainage, and I like peek over. I'm like, I don't see anything. And I like call. I did like maybe like a four sequence yelp. Nothing crazy on the pot call, and uh, one just I mean again just. Cuts it off, gobbles right down below me, like back down that bottom where I was just at. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Because in the morning, actually, Andrew shot one right next to the truck. Because he, he hunted all morning, <laughs> missed one. I think he missed one. No, I didn't miss one that morning. Oh, well, you flushed, you scared one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then went back and there was one next to the truck that wanted to die. And Andrew shot it, like, you know, next to the truck. Yeah. And I, and I left because uh, there's a mud hole next to the trucks. And when we walked in that morning, I looked as we were walking past that mud hole, like really good with my headlamp. And there's no tracks. And then uh, when I came back out, there was a big track right there in the middle of that mud hole. I was like, okay, there's one around here somewhere. And yeah, I went like legal distance off the road. One calling sequence and two of them came walking up. I was like, well, yeah. But anyways, it's one of those situations like, you know, he cut me off. I sat down and, you know, set wasn't fantastic, but it was as good as I could get it. And, you know, they just, it never showed up, like never could hear anything walking. And come to find out, I finally went down there to where he was at probably an hour later. I sat there for like an hour and like just did some soft calls and like nothing. Like he only doubled the one time. And I went down there and I could see where the, all the scratching was at, at the very bottom of this foothill, this ridge, before it went down to like this big creek bottom. It was big, huge, mature pines. And you could t- you could see like where there's turkey scratching at and probably like, there were some roost trees. And if I had to guess... He was probably, it was one of the trees he probably was roosted in. This was a little bit later in the morning. It's probably like 9 o'clock, 9.30 in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, he probably circled back through, heard me up on the hill, and just didn't want to come up there. There wasn't a ton of sun where I was at. I was just trying to stay high. It's kind of earlier in the season, too. And uh, he was just staying down there low. And I went down there and then tried to get back on and never could get back on that turkey again. But, I mean, he just, he cut me. It was one of those situations. He cut me off. Mm-hmm. And I'm now wondering, I probably did some damage. I probably called a little, actually. I don't know if I call, I probably did call a little bit more after that, but I do remember like getting physically like saying, shut up, let's see what happens and sit there until my butt was numb. Cause I, I couldn't use my vest. I was sitting on like a freaking like a huge root system off this oak tree. It was just super uncomfortable. And I sat there till my butt was numb. I'm like, I gotta get up, dude. It was about 45 minutes an hour. Nothing showed up. You, and it was real quiet. Calm, it was calm days. And it was a ton of leaf litter around. So I'm like, if he's walking through you, I'm going to hear him. There's no way he can walk out. Me not hear him. I never heard anything. Got down there, and I was like, "Okay, he was clearly about 120 yards below me." But yeah, that, that was that was that was that hunt. But it was, it was one of those days. Like, dude, he cut me off, and you you think you know, hear people, "Oh man, he cut you off." Oh, just shut up, see what happens. And just that one turkey for whatever reason decided not to come in. So there's there's a lot of failure in turkey hunting. You just gotta get through the failure to have that success, and uh, all that failure makes it success that much more sweeter. So yep. sure yeah. does. Absolutely, gotta. You got to put in the hours to go out there and get that good day where, you know, something's actually, something's going to happen. So, uh, it's all about time in the woods. Just like if we're talking about for deer, for turkeys, talking on the fishing podcast about fishing, hours on the water. Speak about fishing. Same fishing stuff. Po- fishing podcast. Mm-hmm. Just make sure y'all go check out the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. Appreciate everybody's support over there. Been pretty awesome so far with everybody. But yeah, other than that, uh, I got nothing else to do with this episode. Again, it's been fun. So we got a lot of seasons left. Some seasons just now coming in. Like our Georgia folks, I know season just came in for you guys, on, at least on the publicly announced week. I think it was April 9th. And dude, I saw a lot of people complaining, or not, well, just voicing their opinions about like excess of hunting pressure with it being pushed back a week, just like what was happened, what happened here. An excess of hunting pressure, like with, on public pushback? Yeah. Because, Interesting. Because like with a with the season being pushed back, so many people just wanted to go hunt public land that was coming from, I guess, other states, whatever. And mm-hmm. I saw multiple people talking about how, like, they've never seen that many people in the woods ever before. Turkey, turkey. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I was actually, I was, I've been wondering about that because I don't know. Pressure's been pretty bad uh, this year. I wouldn't say that it's that it's like groundbreaking or anything. At least where I'm at, uh, it, it hasn't been anything too much outside the norm. But I was wondering if like a late opener on public was going to kind of alleviate some pressure because i don't know if some other out-of-state guys uh were going to like kind of hold off because their states were closer to opening by the time we opened but i don't know it doesn't really seem like that happened but no. i'm still i'm still talking to people to kind of see how it affected them because we got pushed back a week here too 
Um, but yeah, Georgia opening on the ninth seems super late, <laughs> super late. But you never know, man, where it's going. That might be us before too long in Alabama. Um, but anyways, that's all I got. Thanks everybody for listening. I uh, hope everyone has a good rest of the turkey season. Zach, appreciate you coming on, bud. Thank y'all for having me. Having me. And and like you say, every single week, that's nothing. Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.